to listen to these unsolicited reviews for Amateur Nation. If I knew how to drive a car, I would listen to his podcast on the way to work. That's from Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. More factual and funnier than any of our news commentators. Hail China! That came from CNN. His podcast is so good when he buys from Prime, we actually get his stuff to him within two days sometimes. Hail China! Jeff Bezos. This review says, I'd like to kill Lou Santini. Kill them all! <laughs> Heil Hitler! Bill Gates. Here's one that says, he calls me the Keebler elf often on his show. I fact check that as a, right again, Dr. Tony Fauci Mengele. Uh, here's another review. Here's the thing. When you listen Listen to Amateur Nation. He has a way of, listen, podcasts weren't even a thing when I was a cowboy in Delaware. And ever since my wife, she told me, well, let's not forget, let's not get into that. Uh, anyway, President Joe Biden. Hey guys, what did I miss? Jeffrey Epstein. Warning, the podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. We call attention to and call out the amateurs, the people who are doing life wrong, the speed bumps of life, the people that are in your way every day, the unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-untitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills, and are disturbing the flow of the pros. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation. It's not just a podcast, it's a movement. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And this is episode 194, No Country for Amateur Men. Let's get to it. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Hit me. Topic number Topic one. Number Topic one. number one. Saw this post on social media that a fellow pro sent via a screenshot. Here's the headline. Experts say not including pronouns in your bio and email signature are a sign of bigotry. Oh, well, the experts say, you know, those prolific pronoun experts. Wait, the email pronoun experts. Sorry, it's a very specialized field. So I guess all those decades before email, the entire planet was bigoted. Uh, From Forbes magazine, you know, the magazine that informs you about finance, industry, investing, marketing, technology, communication, science, politics, and law, and now pronouns, this article. It says, it's not uncommon to see pronouns in people's email signatures and social media bios, but it's far from widespread. So why do people do it? Oh, I have the answer for that. A, boredom. B, attention. C, virtue signaling. D, to be trendy. E, any and all of the above. But don't worry. The answer to the question, why do people put their pronouns in their bios and email signatures, will be answered by Jamie Wareham, the author of the Pointless article. He says, there is a simple reason for why the new decade will see more people in business doing this. For many transgender people, it's an easy way to show the world the pronouns they'd like you to use. But it goes beyond trans and non-binary equality. I'm cisgender. I identify with the sex assigned to me at birth. But I also include pronouns in my email signature for one simple reason. 
It normalizes discussions about gender. Which, as a queer man, I can assure you is a conversation that benefits everyone. It does, doesn't it? I mean, I can feel the benefits already. I know when I'm emailing my financial advisor at Vanguard, where I have my Roth IRA, for example, his sexual preferences comes up a lot in our conversation. Now I know not to use any kind of derogatory terms when discussing my financial portfolio. The article continues, showing your pronouns tells everyone you come across, I won't assume your gender. You know, actually, not including them shows my gender and sexual preferences are irrelevant to business. The article says, with only seconds to make the impression in your email to get a response or a follow on your socials, showing your pronouns could be the difference between the click that you need. Or it could be just a thing that will help you filter out amateurs. And I wasn't aware that there was a time limit when reading emails. The article continues, including pronouns show you care about individuals' preferences and is a simple solution to accidental misgendering. And then it goes on to say, misgendering is getting someone's gender wrong. It can be embarrassing for you and hurtful to the person you are speaking to. To, spelled T-O-O. If it happens, it is best to apologize, correct yourself, and continue the conversation you are having. Everyone enjoying having their hands held? Everyone enjoying being treated like not only an idiot, but a possibly bad person type of idiot? What? You don't care. See? You're a bad person. It's a great system. Here's the best, I mean, dumbest part. The article says it creates a safe space. (laughs) So everyone can bring their whole self to work no longer needing to censor or hide parts of themselves. This leads to greater productivity, creativity, and connection with colleagues and your organizational purpose. So, like, there's just no downside. Everyone wins. Topic number two. Electric vehicles are a hoax. I've said this a jillion times, and ProNation agrees. Recently, I saw a post by Kami and Dri- I mean, Car and Driver magazine, a magazine that used to understand its audience, but bought into, rather, was bought by China to perpetuate the narrative that electric cars are fun, use clean energy, are affordable and exciting, and are dependable, efficient, and save the earth. You know, all the lies. If you're going to lie to me, tell me there's a broad waiter in the car who wants to tongue my balls. Save the earth. As if the earth needs saving. That's ego. The earth is a planet. And if it weren't for woke, caring, feeling-fueled humans, it would just die. It's the Earth. It's bigger than you. It can take care of itself. That's the thing about Amateur Nation. Amateur Nation hears something enough times by people they think are authorities. You know, like the pronoun experts. And those people that are in positions of power, and just like the sheep that amateurs are, regurgitate memorized rhetoric. Cut to the slideshow of pollution. Anyway, this post by Kami and Driver magazine shows a vehicle that, no joke, no exaggeration, looks exactly like a toaster that we're all supposed to get hard over. The article is entitled, Future EVs, Every Electric Vehicle Coming Soon. And boy, Pro Nation is not having it. 5.1 thousand comments and counting, and after the first few hundred... 
I can say at least 75% of the comments were anti-electric, while the amateurs who just regurgitate buzz phrases and rhetoric were their usual sheep-like selves. Listen to some of these comments. I'm, I'm not going to waste your time reading the names. Uh, you know, you're just going to have to trust me that these are real names of real people. I couldn't, I couldn't spend all my time making these up. But these are real comments from pros who are not about electric vehicles. And listen to some of the comments they have and uh, pretty much how they are all of the comments I have mentioned about electric vehicles going back to my book as well as past episodes of this show. This one. Not enough lithium for everyone to have an EV. Those dinosaurs died from my diesel. The way I see it, I'm pumping stuff that was recycled from dead animals and plants. That's natural at its purest. Where did the pro-EV folks propose to get all that energy? Electricity doesn't grow on trees, and batteries will wear out much faster than conventional gas engines. They look like an ecological nightmare to me. How about this one? I like my cars to have a certain look to them, and that cover photo is in the total opposite direction. And this one. I just kind of like to point out that batteries and EVs are literally 19th century technology. He's not wrong. Here's one. Saw an ad for a home charging station. $910. Nope, not going to do it. I'll keep my gas-saving Toyota, thank you. I like this one. Let me know how the rolling blackouts affect the charging to and from work. Explaining that to a boss. I had to wait for my car to charge works. Was I just not saying that in last week or was it the week before in this podcast? Here's one. I'm sick and tired of hearing about EVs. They're a flash in the pan on the way to more advanced technology. Electric vehicles are a great concept, except that you're charging them off of a fossil fuel-based energy source. The main issue is that until things like zero-point energy and other technologies are released, we are at the mercy of big oil, energy conglomerates, and the world governments that support them. All the money I pay for vehicles, insurance, fuel, and maintenance, I would just as soon spend on a subscription service for EVs where I could drive to a charging station and swap out to a charged vehicle and carry on driving. Now, admittedly, I think that's a pretty good idea, as long as it is an option and not the only choice. As I've said many times, it's not that I'm against electric vehicles, I'm against that being the only way to get around the only form of transportation i've said before electric vehicles should be uh, used for things like uh, trains buses anything that runs on a regular schedule and route anything that is a city or state vehicle but people deserve to have the choice if it's financially and logically feasible for you to do like this gentleman said, have a subscription service where you can drop off your electric vehicle and then pick up a new one that's fully charged, go for it. If you're okay with driving random vehicles that are not your own and you don't want to own your vehicle, that's totally not a problem. Here's another one. Some of these designs slash vehicles look awesome. However, I have my concerns about the long-term environmental impact with regards to the materials needed. What if I live in an apartment with on-street parking? How can I charge it overnight? That's a very good question, and the answer is you can't right now, but here is their master plan. Pollute the earth with the blight of these charging stations, 
And the whole point is the insider traders, the people in Congress who have the inside track with all of our friends in China, they have the inside track on the stocks, on the production of all of those charging stations. Think about if all of a sudden you had to open up gas stations all over the country overnight and you had the inside track on the stocks that built them. That's what this is. They want those hideous plastic and metal charging stations, which are made via fossil fuels in factories. They want them all over the streets, along the highways, in your homes, at the mall. And they think, well, there you go. There's your infrastructure. That's the whole point of this whole hoax. They're not just, they're making money on the cars themselves and the charging stations. And they want that to be the only energy source. And the people at the higher up already at the ground floor, like a pyramid scheme, they have the inside track on that. Their first money in. And then on top of that, since they're controlling the grid and the energy source, they're going to determine how much you get, when you get it, and most importantly, if you get a charge. And on top of that, they'll have the autonomous driving and automatic braking, and they'll be able to control how fast your car goes, and they'll be tracking where you're going, and they'll notice the pattern. Like, well, you seem to go to the same grocery store every week. Here are some sales you should check out. You know, like your phone. As I've said, they want your electric car to be a drivable phone. How often have you had your phone die on you? Hey, I really like this phone, but battery just won't hold a charge anymore. So you got to get a new phone, another grand for a fucking phone. Now you have a 10, you have a $1,000 to $15,000 new battery that you need for your car. Well, you're not going to do that. Time to trade up. You're always going to be behind. They're going to have cars that have zero resale value and they'll disguise it and package it as, don't worry about it. Just trade in for a new car, just like your phone. And that's all shiny and new and everything else. And you're just stuck in an endless loop of never getting ahead. They don't want you making money off the sale of your used car. They want you to run your combustible engine car into the ground so eventually they can crush it. This is why classic cars and old combustible engine cars are becoming more and more valuable than ever. Here's another one. Let me know how these vehicles hold up when you're stuck on the highway from an accident for hours in the dead of winter. Was I not just talking about that in last week's episode? If you want one, buy one. Just don't pretend that you're helping the environment or reducing a carbon footprint, whatever that is. Come to Commerce Georgia and look at the SK Battery Plant. They produce EV batteries. Thousands of acres of woodlands cleared for the plant. Thousands of gallons of diesel used to clear and grade the area. Countless acres lost to house the influx of employees coming to this area. Increased traffic leads to increased road repairs with diesel-powered equipment. Oh, and the best part is there's no EV charging station on their premises. It's not about the environment. It's about the money. The big dogs have you fooled. Boy, that gets a bonus ding. Who knows? Maybe someday electric vehicles might hit 6% of sales. Trucks and vans are what's needed. 
Honestly, local tradesmen and businesses would see way more benefit to an EV van or truck than the average driver. Most cars are not actually used that much. Compare someone who just drives to a single location job every day. It's nothing compared to a tradesman. Every day, week, or month when you drive from home to the job site to material suppliers, it's easy to use five to $700 a month in fuel. Green Energy Smug Alert! The last green energy spill in California ignited the Dixie Fire and burned one million acres, killed countless wildlife, destroyed tens of thousands of acres of old-growth forest, destroyed 1,300 homes, and created the worst air quality ever recorded in history over three states. You could see the carnage of California's green energy from space. It was said it was equivalent to six bombings of Hiroshima. That California green energy spill was preceded two years earlier by another massive California green energy spill that destroyed forests, wildlife, homes, the air, and humans. The Kincaid Fire. California's green energy is responsible for more than 30 wildfires since 2017 that wiped out more than 1.5 million acres of forest, destroyed 23,000 homes and businesses, and killed more than 100 people. The Exxon Valdez oil spill in Prince William Sound was like a runny nose compared to the environmental damage caused by California's green energy. But the PC rhetoric makes me feel like I'm just a little better than everyone else, so it's totally worth it. Oh, I like his style. Until every garage has solar panels and a battery station and battery technology improves so they are less hazardous to dispose of, I'll pass. Every time you plug in your electric car to charge, you're back on the grid, probably drawing electricity from a coal-burning power plant. I'm waiting for hydrogen fuel cell cars and stations to make it to the East Coast. Does anyone have a rough estimate on how many miles you'll break even with an electric car? Charging your EV is cheaper than fuel for your gas car, but owning an EV is at least 10 grand more, if not more. Basically, you're paying for gas up front. That's brilliant. There's no point in owning an EV if it's going to take me over five years to recoup the cost of paying at least 10 grand more. By the time I break even, it's time for a new car. Yes, that's exactly the plan. That's exactly the plan. I, I've said that a million different ways, but he's right. And he also goes on to say, and before someone says environment, public transportation also saves the environment. How could the design be so boring? All these cars look the same regardless of the brand. Can electric cars be more interesting? Less pretty lights and more soul. Seems like all they talk about is the 0-60 to 60 time, which means nothing if the car is not fun. My point, EV sales are not good. Charging is a pain. Design is boring. The cars are expensive. Why would you charge your SUV, ultra-luxury, off-roader, classic, or nicely designed car for one of these transportation units, or as I call them, transport boxes. That is just a very small sample of the more than 75% of the posts that were anti-electric vehicle of more than 5,000 comments about that article. People don't want it. And here's the thing, China and all the car manufacturers and the corrupt politicians in the White House, they've already invested all their money in that. This is their problem, but they want you to pay for it. 
They know it's not energy efficient. They know electric cars are not any better for the environment than combustible engine cars. They know that they have built-in obsolescence. They know there is no exit strategy to dispose of old batteries. They know that batteries simply don't last that long. But they don't care. They don't. They just, they invested in it. We got we to gotta sell it to people. This is exactly why electric cars are especially space-age looking with lots of lights. And they want that, oh, look, autonomous driving. Oh, look, instead of tilt wheel where you had to do it manually, you can do it with voice command, which does nothing. It, 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 it's the cell phone syndrome. Oh, look, it's shiny and newer and it's pink. I want it. In other news, Auto Week posted an article 2021's hottest sellers. Not one electric car made the list. You know, I get emails all the time. Lou, while you are handsome, logical, and hilarious, I want to throw money at your show. Oh, I get it. And you can. Support the show by going to lucantini.com, clicking on the yellow donate button for as little as a dollar. Follow me on Truth Social, lucantini3. Instagram, lou.santini3. Getter, at lucantini. Subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube, where every Thursday is Sneak Peek Thursday with a 60-second video preview. Topic number three is next. Hey, pros, Lou Santini here. They're running out and half off. No amateurs, men's and women's t-shirts. Normally $22.95, now just $11.48. The men's tees are a soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in sport royal blue. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the waving American flag set at the top. The women's tees are a lightweight, super soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in royal blue. And are fitted. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the waving American flag. T-shirts just $11.48. Please add $6.95 for shipping and handling for all orders inside the U.S. Spend 50 bucks or more and your shipping is free. Available at lucantini.com slash shop. Be a pro. Say no to amateurs and order your half-off No Amateurs t-shirt today. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15 plus years. A sense of entitlement. A constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book, Amateur Nation. The decline of common sense, manners, and social skills. The second edition. Inside, you'll read the amateur mission statement. The 30 truths about amateurs. The four stages of being an amateur. Amateur habitats and history. Social media plus me, me, me equals amateur. Technology and amateur behavior. With dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh out loud real life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by Amateur Nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition. Available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. Topic number three. First, the Washington Redskins, then the Cleveland Indians. Now the Atlanta Braves are on the chopping block for a name change. Now there's no mention of Native Americans anywhere in the U.S. besides casinos. Ah, progress. Dateline, October 27, 2021. MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred says Atlanta Braves can keep the name and the tomahawk chop. Flash forward to October 2nd, 2022, just about a year later. White House urges conversation on Atlanta Braves name change on the same day Biden hosts the team. Here's the article. 
White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre <laughs> encouraged the Atlanta Braves to have a conversation about picking a new name Monday, hours after President Biden hosted the team to celebrate their 2021 World Series championship. Jennifer Jacobs of Bloomberg News asked Jean-Pierre at her regular briefing for Biden's position on the Braves' name as well as the controversial Tomahawk Chop cheer. Jean-Pierre responded, We believe that it's important to have this conversation, you know, and Native American, indigenous voices, they should be at the center of this conversation. That is something that the president believes. That is something this administration believes. And he has consistently emphasized that all people deserve to be treated with dignity and respect, she added. Wow, the president really went out on a limb here. All people deserve to be treated with dignity and respect? Even the pedophiles? Well, of course, look at the president. White House Press Secretary Jean-Pierre said that President Biden said that Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect and that you hear that often from this president. I know, and it never ceases to impress me. Imagine! Now here comes something that you really need to take note of. The article says that Biden himself had no qualms about saying the baseball team's name during a celebration in the White House East Room and noted that the Braves' name, its use, dates back more than a century when the Boston Rustlers became the Boston Braves in 1912. I did not know this. So listen carefully. What they're saying is, back in 1912, they made a conscious choice to honor the Native Americans, changing the name from the Rustlers to the Braves, way back when we in the United States were supposedly way more racist. Oh, wait, actually, I had that wrong. We're way more racist now. We've, we, we, we haven't had made progress. We've actually gone backwards, right? Whatever. We've always been horrible, right? United States, we've always been terrible. Here's a great quote. And again, listen carefully. Biden said, My grandfather was an All-American football player at Santa Clara, and he was a newspaper guy up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. By the way, why is that relevant that he was an All-American football player? Who gives a shit? It's irrelevant to the World Series champions. But anyway, he, and he was a newspaper guy up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. His name was Ambrose Finnegan. And when it was the Boston Braves, he did not like that. But at any rate, that's another story, Biden joked. Think about that. His grandfather was a newspaper guy. And before the Atlanta Braves were the Boston Braves, before that, they were the Boston Rustlers. And his grandfather didn't like the fact that they changed the names from the Rustlers to the Braves. Maybe it's because he was a racist and didn't like the name change. Biden's making it seem like his grandfather didn't like the, the, the Boston Braves name because he thought it was racist. No, no, no. That was a different era then. That was his grandfather. He was probably mad because it went from the Rustlers to the Braves, making him racist. And that's why Biden said, oh, that's another story. Yeah, I'd like to hear that story. Well, that music can only mean one thing. It's time for the a la carte segment. Here we go. Hurricane Ian? Well, what if that hurricane identified as a female hurricane? 
You know, if only we had driven more electric cars, we could have prevented that hurricane. Sorry, him a cane. Oh, wait, no, they a cane. If you're a comedian and are easily offended or are in favor of any kind of censorship, get out of the business immediately. Don't think the swamp is corrupt? Public servant donkey-faced AOC was $8,000 in debt as recently as 2019. She earns $174,000 a year as a member of Congress. Her net worth now is $29 million. Man, that's some smart investing and money management. She should write a book as soon as she learns to read one. Here's a horrifying fun fact. Under President Coloring Book's tyranny, the stock market's value is down $7.6 trillion. <laughs> EV disaster scenario number three. You're an electric car owner in Florida. Here comes the hurricane. Uh-oh, power's out. <laughs> there goes your evacuation plan. Here's a headline. Hip-hop artist Young Miami says she's ready to take her podcast to the next level. I want to be the Black Oprah. <laughs> Did I miss a meeting? Ozzy Osbourne is moving out of America back to England because he said America is getting too crazy. You know, when the heavily medicated man who snorted ants like cocaine and bit the head off of a bat says America is crazy, it might be time to take notice. Speaking of hard rockers, this from Kid Rock. I see that Zelensky just bought his parents an $8 million villa, complete with a saltwater pool and three brand new vehicles. I wonder if they're electric. But let's just keep on sending billions of our tax dollars for foreign aid to Ukraine. It must be of good quality, of good ethics, innovative, pro-America, a good product, a good service. That's pro. These are three pro things, three things that are done right. Number one. You know, they say that character can be measured by how you act when others are not around. Are you of good character? Are you capable of self-governing? Here's the test. This from Alert Pro at Antichrist Jared. Listen carefully. The shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we all recognize as the correct, appropriate thing to do. To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do. Because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal, an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or bad member of society. I'll tell you what, if I was single 
and I was on a first date or maybe the second or third date with a woman, I might ask her, so when you go grocery shopping, do you put the shopping cart back in that little corral? That would be my litmus test. Or better yet, maybe on the second or third date, I'd say, let's swing by the grocery store and pick up a bottle of wine or pick up some groceries and see if she puts it back. Number two. This audio posted by friend and guest of the show, Chad Jackson, fellow pro and one of the producers of Uncle Tom 2. Here's an audio clip of Thomas Sowell, an American author, economist, political commentator, social theorist. He talks about selling out and universal health care. Listen carefully. People think you sold out because you're conservative. The people who are supposed to have sold out typically have less money than the ones who are making the accusation. Some student wrote to me and I said, what, what you need to do is make a list of all the blacks who say you have stood up for the right thing. Alongside each name, put down the name and model of car that they drive and then see if you want to reconsider what you've just said. Liberal says conservatives only care about rich people. When they were talking about health care, they said 30 million people couldn't afford it or something? Several million of those were making more than $50,000 a year. So it's not... See, this is one of the things they you know to do. They never believe that people make choices. There are people who have the money they prefer to put that money into a BMW rather than... A lot of young people didn't want health care. They were betting on their health. Uh, absolutely. And yeah. then this allows them to buy more stuff they want to buy. So it's not a question that they couldn't afford it. It's a question they don't choose to spend the money. People say, you know, you're a very tough person. I'm not tough. Life is tough. I'm merely trying to acquaint you with those facts. I am not one who believes that the kids should be given unlimited indulgence. And I think I can safely say that mine were not. Number three. Yeah. First, Samantha B, and now after seven long years, the least funny famous comedian on the planet, Trevor Noah, is finally done at Comedy, Ce- I mean Comedy Central. Wait, 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 wait. Or is this the right drop? Wait a minute. Let me see how many fucks I give. Oh, that's right. Zero. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on. Is this the right drop? He's a complete amateur. Uh, no, no, no. It's got to be this one. Uh, l- let me re-ramp this. Okay, let me just start over. First, Samantha B, and now the least funny famous comedian on the planet, Trevor Noah, is finally done at Comedy Central. I mean, Comedy Central. <laughs> hey, you know what? All of those drops, those will work just fine. So it turns out I'm not the only one who is happy to see this pandering propagandist go. Listen to the comments from fellow pros. I like this one. There, there was hundreds of these. Well, bye. Dude just wasn't funny. Hope they hire a comedian to replace him. Off to comedy class. Lots of bye Felicia's. Destroyed the Daily Show. Lost close to a million viewers. Just not funny. Not sure why he had a show in the first place. That guy was a complete puppet. Seven years of grabbing the remote. His writers are the worst. Good, he's not funny at all. He's as bad as Samantha B. Good riddance. Lots of amens and bye byes He is a no-talent hack. Black privilege! <laughs> Here's my favorite one. Who? And finally, he will be missed by tens of followers. Before I go, never forget these inspiring words from President Coloring Book. But the truth is, there's a lot more Republicans out there taking credit for the new bridges and those bones that are collapsing. If I read your email to me on the air, you get a free No Amateurs t-shirt, lou at lousantini.com. But if you're shy, the good news is No Amateurs tees are now half off all sizes and supplies last. Find me on Truth Social, lousantini3, lou.santini3 on Instagram, lousantini on Getter. Subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube. 
Because Amateur Nation is not just a podcast, it's a movement. Remember, amateurs, we see you. You're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a big major production. Thanks, Lou. We'll see you next week.